This show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Listen up, NFL fans. K just dropped a collection of officially licensed NFL jewelry. Shop your favorite team in the True Fans Fine Jewelry Collection at K.com slash True Fans. Gear up for the season and celebrate the love of the game with K. Wounded Warrior Project is working to foster the most successful generation of veterans in our nation's history. One of the ways they do that is through adaptive sports. Veterans are some of the most resilient people on the planet. It's not about what you can't do after experiencing injury or illness. It's about tapping into what you can do. Learn more about how Wounded Warrior Project's adaptive sports programs are changing lives at www.woundedwarriorproject.org sports. This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's about to go. This is the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast, where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should, because I'm sick to this, this the, the real deal. And you know I got to shout out the Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max, sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go! Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome in to another episode of the Buffalo Nerd. This is your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by Minute Media Network and Fansided. So this week, we're getting ready to... I'm recording this on Thursday with my guest, and we're getting ready to get watch uh, Jalen Hurts get another opportunity to go up against the GOAT and Tom Brady. So it's going to be exciting. But this football week is going to end in a place that we're going to talk about, and that's going to be the Buffalo Bills versus the Tennessee Titans playing on Monday Night Football. So I'm excited for my guest this week. I got Terry McCormick. He's a Titans insider, so he's been covering the team for a very long time, and I'm super excited to kind of chat up him and uh, kind of give him my perspective of where I think we're at, and kind of he can shoot me down and tell me where they're really at. So, uh, Terry, thanks for coming in. Uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, my name's Terry McCormick. I've been covering the Titans for a variety of uh, different outlets and organizations since 1997. I'm a co-host of the George Plaster Show, which airs daily Monday through Friday on uh, WNSR 560. I also publish TitanInsider.com and uh, also have uh, just been around the team for a long time and, uh, you know, kind of know the ins and outs. Yeah, so you know a little bit about the Titans. You've been covering them it says, since 97. Um, it's not every day that I get to sit down and chat about football with somebody that's literally been spending like all of their time around an NFL team for that long. So I'm super excited about that. Um, but before we get into that, like we do every week, uh, we do like to highlight a charity on the show. And as the guest, uh, Terry gets to choose the charity. And this week, um, you kind of chose, it's, it's a big charity and you chose to kind of highlight a piece of it. And we're going to talk about Operation... Christmas Child, right, Terry? Uh, so why don't you tell everybody a little bit about it and kind of why you chose it? Okay, Operation Christmas Child is a charity that uh, my church participates in every year, and it's done through the uh, Billy Graham Ministries and Foundation. And uh, one of the things that it does is not only does it, you know, preach the gospel in places like Central America and Mexico and remote areas, you know, where people you know, have not uh, been exposed to that sort of thing before, but it also makes sure that these children, many of them who live in extreme poverty, you know, in 
you know, mud houses or, you know, huts and things like that and, and really don't have much in the way of material possessions. It makes sure that they get Christmas toys. How it works is that people take a shoebox and you fill it with, with presents, either for a boy or a girl. And, and, you know, kids in America have so much, you know, at their disposal, you know, whether it's video games or, you know, iPhones and things like that. These kids, these shoeboxes are filled with items that most kids wouldn't give five minutes of their attention to, you know, things that, you know, we played with when I was kids, a slinky, a Hot Wheels, uh, you know, for girls, maybe a Barbie doll and things like that. And these kids are thrilled to have those sorts of things. And it really makes their Christmas if they're able to receive these. So I would encourage everyone to go online and check out Operation Christmas Child. Yeah. And so it's kind of a part of a bigger organization, right? It's just they do a bunch of little ministry pieces. So it's SamaritansPurse.org is kind of where you can head and you can see all the stuff that they're up to and everything like that. And we will have uh, links for everybody to just shoot right over there and check out all that kind of stuff out. It's very cool. There's a lot of different ways you can engage with this organization, which is, you know, very cool. And actually coming up when you go to the website, you'll see November 15th through the 22nd is the National Collection Week. So that's kind of where they're like doing their big final push right before everything has to kind of get in place to be sent out for Christmas. So very cool organization. Thanks for bringing it up, Terry. Um, I like that it's a close personal thing to you. So I really enjoy that part of it. Thank so you, very cool. So last week, you guys, you had another divisional game. You guys have played two division games already this season. Um, you know, and you, you've come out with victories in both of them, which is good. Um, I did think that you guys were the best team in the division when we started this process. And I don't think you've played with your full team really this season yet. It doesn't feel like, um, but Coming out of last week, uh, I felt like your defense got a little back on track. Uh, the offense uh, was, I figured they'd do what they would do, but kind of would you come out of last week and getting ready for these bills? Yeah, I think coming off the loss to the Jets, which obviously was a disappointment for the Titans, they went to Jacksonville. It wasn't always pretty, but they handled their business. And let's face it, the AFC South is atrocious overall. In fact, might be worse than the AFC East where the Bills are going to walk away with that, it looks like. So to me, uh, you know, that's one of the things that makes Monday night's game so key because if you're the Titans and you're the Bills and you know you're the prohibitive favorite to win your division, this matchup is very important because the winner of this might have the will, or will have the edge in the event that a tiebreaker is needed uh, at the end of the season for playoff seeding and that sort of thing. So, you know, the Titans have not really looked great at any point this season, except maybe the second half and overtime in Seattle. They've kind of been sporadic, both on offense and defense. Uh, they've allowed Ryan Tannehill to get sacked far too many times, but they've got Derrick Henry to rely on. Defensively, like you mentioned, they are looking a little bit better, but they still have a penchant for giving up big plays, and that's something that should really scare the Titans this week going against Josh Allen and the receivers that he has at his disposal. Yeah, I mean, I, that's kind of where I was looking at it, seeing as it's just it. Because me, when I think about the Titans, I think they want to do kind of grimy. They want to do just kind of slow it down, whatever. That's who they are. They're not really going to change that. But it relies heavily on that defense to be successful at shutting teams down and not giving up the big chunk plays. And they kind of haven't been doing that yet. But it did look better. Looks like the injury report says Bud Dupree is going to be back this week. And, you know, that should be a boost. But I agree with you 100%. As the Buffalo Bills, I, I'm saying this is a must-win football game. 
game because you could go up two games on a team that you are going to be in the playoffs against. There's uh, the, unless the Colts make some miracle run, this looks like it's ten- Tennessee's division, right? So I, I'm a hundred percent on board with you there. Uh, offensively, I I just feel like it's still it's Derrick Henry. Um, you haven't had AJ Brown and Julio on the field, but for like one and a half games together, I think it was. If that's even fully what it was, so we haven't got to see it really yet, but. It is still, is the offense really changed this season with those guys? Or is it still, to me, it looks like it's still feed Derrick Henry, we'll hit the play action pass, and that's who we are. Well, there is a lot of that. There's a lot of that. And part of it's been out of necessity because they have not had Brown and Jones out there on the field together a lot, like you mentioned. And I think that once those two guys are on the field together, I think you'll see more balance. But right now, they are riding Derrick Henry and, you know, using him like a rented mule because. He's had 142 carries, which is on pace thanks to the extra game this year and just the incredible workload. He is on pace to have 483 carries. Who can survive that? 483 carries. The record is 416 by Larry Johnson with the Chiefs in 2006. So he would obliterate that record, just absolutely wipe it out if he continues at his current pace. Now, one thing that is a little bit different, it seems like to me, because they lost Johnu Smith, who was prolific and, you know, as both a blocker and a receiver, mm-hmm. he went to the Patriots, and you're familiar with that, obviously. The the tight end position has not contributed as much to this offense. And while they're still running a fair amount of two tight end sets, I think the plan is eventually with all the wide receivers, they have eight on the roster when everybody's healthy. I think the plan eventually is to go to more three wide so that they can spread the field and create wider rushing lanes for Henry to run out of, but also to be able to use that play action to its fullest extent and and work the slot over the middle a lot of times. Yeah, play action is tough to do when the box is packed. I mean, you know, and and that's what you do with Derrick Henry most of the time. But I was when when they first got Julio, I immediately was like, when I was coming into the season, I'm like, it's Buffalo, Cleveland, Baltimore, Kansas City, and Tennessee. Any one of those teams, I felt like, could be the team that could win an AFC Championship at the beginning of the season. I still think they're could be that team, but uh, are we going to get a full 100% healthy Julio in this game? I, I, I see some of your, you know, I've been watching the videos and stuff. I've been peeping everything you're putting out to see what Julio's looking like. He looks okay, but are we going to get the full the full offense this week? I think you'll get the full offense this week. I don't know if Julio will be on a pitch count or not. I think A.J. Brown will be able to take more reps than he did last week against the Jaguars when they had him on a limited number of snaps. I think what you're going to get out of Julio is you've got to be careful with him because he is 32 years old. There's a lot of tread off the tires. Now, he showed against Seattle that he can still be a dynamic playmaker when given the opportunity and when healthy. And I think that the biggest thing is they've just got to be careful with him, not overwork him, not overuse him, but get what they can get out of him and know when when to say when, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, this is an important game for both teams, but it isn't an end-all be-all. I mean, it's week six, right? So, I mean, if you take a loss here, it's not the end of the world for either one of these teams with their divisions performing so poorly right now. Now, in conference seating, it could hurt. But, you know, as far as still having a shot at the playoffs and your chance to be there, this isn't an end-of-the-world game either way. But this game does come with a lot of 
last year and you know they've played each other what three consecutive years now the titans hold the overall like 29 19 uh, the bills have won like three out of the past four but the last one was a spanking right now let me ask you terry the offensive line we you kind of hit off it they've given up far too many sacks i think it's at 20 so far chandler jones got five of those in the first game so i mean it's kind of a thing but is the offensive line not performing or is it just the pieces aren't there anymore I think they're just beat up. I think that when you look at okay. this offensive line, you've got Roger Saffold, who has had trouble staying healthy with a shoulder injury. You've got Ben Jones, who's gutting his way through injuries. You've got Taylor Lewan making his way back from an ACL, uh, you know, and still he I, he doesn't look 100% to me. Now, he may be 100% physically, but you know how guys are coming off an ACL. Sometimes it takes them a while to round back into form. I think he'll get better as the season goes along. But that's three-fifths of your offensive line that's kind of beat up and not at 100% right now. And then it's also kind of filtrated over to the right side of the line, too, because Nate Davis, who looked like he was coming into his own maybe borderline Pro Bowl at right guard last year, has really looked like he's regressed a little bit this year and right tackle they you know that's been a problem area now for a couple of years they decided not to re-sign Dennis Kelly and I think that was a mistake they cut him actually and then uh, David Quisenberry has been filling that spot right now Ty Sambrio who was the top backup at tackle retired unexpectedly earlier this week and uh, that leaves them with Kendall Lamb and second-round pick Dylan Radins, who has barely gotten on the field uh, after coming out of North Dakota State as a 1AA player and uh, only playing one game last year. He certainly does not look game-ready. And then you throw in the Isaiah Wilson fiasco that they had last year. The right tackle position has been a problem area for this team. So is it, this is hopefully for the Bills. I mean, I'm, this is going to hopefully be a positive thing for the Bills because we've looked very good with the rush. I mean, we really we didn't get to Mahomes last week, but there was a lot of times that we were around him. And Tannehill just is not the same kind of maneuverability that Mahomes is. So I am hoping that the offensive line is kind of the point that we can make our ground on. But it does always feel like Tennessee and Buffalo find a way to just kind of clash with each other minus that game last year of the 42 16. I think the previous like three were settled by less than seven points, very low scoring kind of games. These are kind of different teams right now though. And the bills defense is playing at an elite level right now. And the Tennessee Titans are kind of working their way through it. Now it looks like they got, got some cornerbacks potentially out this week. I mean, what's the back end of this defense look like right now? Well, Christian Fulton is the big question mark. He's got a hamstring problem on top of an ankle problem that he had a couple of weeks ago. And then you've got Caleb Farley, the first-round pick, who came in after Fulton left the game against Jacksonville in the second half. Farley's kind of green, kind of raw, still learning. Uh, He missed practice today with an illness, so I think they're hopeful that he'll be able to give it a go before Monday night. And uh, so – Opposite that, you got Janoris Jenkins, who now wants to be called Jackrabbit Jenkins, but uh, his play has been a little bit inconsistent and spotty as well. They are hopeful that they might get Amani Hooker, who is on injured reserve, and he's a playmaker at the strong safety position. They're hopeful that they might be able to activate him off IR by Monday night and be able to use him for the first time since the season opener. And we should see Bud Dupree this week will be back in action, right? And I mean, he's a dynamic player when he's on the field, so... 
yeah, he's a pretty good player. You know, at least he was in Pittsburgh. He's been very limited, been out the last couple of weeks. In fact, he was very candid when he talked about how he came back too soon from the ACL injury and kind of gave himself a little bit of a setback. I think they're hopeful that he'll be able to play Monday night. You know, the guy that's really been having a solid year on the Titans' uh, linebacking core has been Harold Landry, who already has four and a half sacks in five games and leads the league with uh, in quarterback pressures. I don't know how many he had last week. I'd have to check the stats. But uh, he had 23, I believe, through the first four games. Yeah, and the Bills offensive line has been performing pretty well. And I noticed the kind of looking at it, typically I feel like when you think about the Titans defense, they are producing turnovers. You know, they force a lot of fumbles. They do a lot of that. None none of that stuff really seems to be quite clicking yet. I think a couple, they've had some fumbles, but they've only got two, about five interceptions so far on this season. So uh, I coming into this, I'm trying to not feel like it's, because I feel like it's almost like the old like uh, sheeps in a wolf wolf's clothing, right? Because you're like, you look at it on paper and the way that these teams are trending, you feel like the Bills could come into this and really dominate this football team. But then you are going into their building and it is Monday night football. And this is a team that knows they want this game just as bad as you do. So like, where do you, where do you see this game kind of ending up? Do you think this is a low scoring battle? Is it kind of a, a shootout? What's, what's this look like for you? I think it'll be somewhere in between. I think, you know, it'll be somewhere maybe, you know, 31, 24, 27, 23, somewhere in that range, I would think would be the most likely scenario to my way of thinking, because I think the Bills do have a good defense and they also have Josh Allen, who is a playmaker at the quarterback position. And then you have the Titans, obviously with Derrick Henry, who is a threat to go the distance nearly anytime he touches the football. So I think there's the capability to score a lot of points, but I also think that these two defenses will make enough plays to keep it you know, fairly well in check. I do think the Bills have a big advantage, even though they're on the road. I think that there's probably some measure of wanting to avenge the loss last year because that was probably by far Buffalo's, you know better than I do, but probably by far Buffalo's worst performance of the season. And I think that uh, they would like to kind of erase some of the stench from that. And the Titans are a team that is still trying to find itself because they have so many guys injured and they have so many, you know, inconsistencies on defense that it's going to be tough for them to be able to pull this out. I kind of like Buffalo to win a close game here. Okay. Yeah. To me, I've, I've kind of been looking at this game as I, I do feel like this is a game that we can come in here and we can perform well. And after that kind of whooping that we took last season, it's, this is set up the same way. I mean, we were supposed to be a high power team coming in. We were on a roll. I mean, we didn't just beat the chiefs last time we were going to be playing them next, you know, but we were kind of on the roll and we were feeling good and everything was going good. And then all of a sudden you went in to Tennessee and they just laid it to you on a Tuesday night, you know, that was unheard of. And, the Bills this last week, all week, and after that game, we're just saying it's just another game. It was just another win. But I do feel like this is going to be like a, a kind of a heavyweight slugfest early on where both these teams are really going to be getting after each other. But I do feel like, like we did with the Chiefs last week, if it comes to a battle like that, that middle rounds and being able to pull away at the end, the Bills do look like the better team at this point in time. Um, but, you know, any anything, this is the NFL. And Derrick Henry is the best back we're going to be facing. We haven't fa- – I mean, we played Najee Harris. We had Antonio Gibson. Those are good backs, but they're not, they're not Derrick Henry. I mean, this – you know, so to me, I think this is going to be a very exciting game to watch either way. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I think if there is one maybe advantage or, or two that the Titans might have other than just being at home, one thing is that with Buffalo coming off a big road win at Kansas City and then having to go back on the road to the Titans, even though there's an extra day's rest you know, put in there because it's a Monday night game, there might be the tendency to be a little bit flat just because you're on the road two weeks in a row against contending teams. And then the other thing with the Titans is – they have not played their best football game yet. So, and I think that, you know, somebody is going to catch them at their best. I don't know that it'll be the Bills this week. I don't know that it'll be the Chiefs next week. But at some point this year, somebody's going to get the best that the Titans have to offer. And I think that that will, and that when that happens, I think you'll see the Titans be able to do some things maybe that we've not seen from them before. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I don't think that this team is done by any means, and especially with the opportunity that they're going to have in the division they're in, they're not going to be somebody that you're probably going to want to come up against later in the season. To me, this feels like it's a perfect time to kind of play them because it, you know, everybody they're they're kind of fighting through some stuff. You got some momentum right now. We're going to be going into the bye after this week, so it's like win right now because after that you got a week of rest, and that's you know that's it. You know, before this long run after that, so I I am really curious to see if because. Vrabel, he he's very to me just kind of watching, going back and watching games and stuff. He loves his consistency and he kind of likes to just keep the things the way he is. He likes his to do what he likes to do. Do you think there's any kind of possibility that they come out and do anything like off the cuff that they would typically not do? Uh, not unless there's maybe a trick play somewhere on special teams or something like that. That's always a possibility. And that's an area where I, I want to ask you about too, because the Titans special teams right now is a little bit of a problem because punter Brett Kern had a groin injury, missed a couple of games. Now he's on the COVID-19 reserve list. So he's going to miss a third straight game, uh, with, you know, with this. And then, the kicking situation, they rummaged through no telling how many kickers. They've decided on Randy Bullock. He's been pretty good other than the missed field goal in overtime against the Jets. But still, Titans special teams, other than punt returns with Chester Rogers, has been kind of a, it's kind of sketchy this year so far. What about the Bills special yeah, I'm teams? Actually, I actually talked about this a little bit earlier in the week after watching this last weekend when so many kickers missed so many kicks all across the league. Tyler Bass for his second year has been completely solid. He's missed like one kick so far this season. Uh, it was a 53 yarder against Miami came off funky. Um, besides that, especially for it being his first season working with Matt hack, um, the punter that we got from Miami. Um, he, his motion is so slow. It bothers me really badly. Um, but he's, he's a really good angle punter and he's usually really good with his distance. So our special teams, as far as the kicking units have been great so far this season. Um, they've hit big kicks. They've done good things. We had the one block punt against Pittsburgh in the first game of the season. We take that away. Uh, the return game, it hasn't really done anything completely dynamic yet. Some bobbled balls, but we've played in some heavy rain twice already this season, you know, so they've dealt with some things. But if I had to put our special teams with the league right now, I'd say we're performing at a very high rate. So it sounds like the Bills might have a bit of an advantage there with the Titans kind of in flux with Brett Kern out especially. Yeah, I mean, especially if the weather's good. Um, Bass has more than enough leg. He's looked good. And Hack really is a good punter, minus, minus the slowness. His ability to corner, especially with the way that Rodgers has been performing this year, I wouldn't expect that they're going to allow him to return anything. And Hack is actually the guy that can do that. He is really good at it, actually. 
So let me ask you, Terry, a little Sounds bit, good. kind of just the grand scheme of it. Once we get past week six here, whether wherever this falls, I mean, we're, we're going to have bills at four and two, or we're going to have Titans at four and two, or we're going to, you know, we're going to be at the bills are going to be at five and one. The Titans are going to be at three and three. Um, but either way, these are two good football teams, I think that are going to be playing each other in the end. And if you've been looking around the AFC, we had the Raiders were cruising. Denver was cruising. Cincinnati's cruising. Do we see like the cream start to get back to where we, everybody thought they were going to be, or do you think any one of these teams can stick around? Well, I think there's only one team that's been a surprise to me in the AFC that I think has staying power. And that's the chargers. I think Justin Herbert is really, you know, a dynamic young quarterback. I think the chargers are, are not going away. I think they'll be there at the end and they'll contend for a playoff spot, maybe even win that division uh, when you think about that earlier win over Kansas City and the way that they're struggling on defense. When you talk about the Titans, you know, this is a big game for them. It's a start of a really big five-game stretch, and I'll, I'll spell out their schedule for you here. After the game against the Bills on Monday night, they got a short week game at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they go to Indianapolis for a rematch where the Colts should have a healthy Carson Wentz and be able to uh, play better than they did in the first meeting here in Nashville on September 26th. Then you got to go to the Los Angeles Rams. Then you come back home for the New Orleans Saints. So there's not a lot of tough outs right there on the Titans' schedule over the next five weeks, which kind of makes it so important, you know, a bigger deal than it was, you know, originally that they lost to the Jets because that's kind of a gimme win that you got to have, especially when you're heading into a tougher part of the schedule. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And when I when that was coming across and I was watching and I was like, no, that's like devastating for this football team to lose that game. And it makes me really be like, God, I hope we don't do that when we play the Jets, because after our matchup with the Titans, we go into the bye and then we actually have a Dolphins, Jets, Jaguars run of games, right? So you could potentially be looking at an eight and one football team, you know, with, with their, you know, pedal on the metal. And I love that you brought up the chargers uh, because I actually preseason, I picked them to win 13 games and I did have them actually winning the division this year, just who they get to play compared to who the chiefs were having to play more consistently, better football teams. I thought coming into the season that they they could make the jump. It was going to be depending on their defense and their defenses looked good enough with the high powered offense. Mike Williams is going off this year. Um, I mean, they just Keenan Allen. I love him. He's a great football player. Um, so they got a really good football team over there. I'm excited. The AFC playoff picture and the AFC playoffs period are going to be awesome football games, no matter what. Oh, absolutely. And you also got to give bo- uh, bonus points to the Chargers for having the league's best uniforms. Now that's good. I do like that, too. What do you think about Cincinnati, though? They've looked very productive and they 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 I think they, they've got a pretty good football team and they, they've actually kind of their division so jam packed. It's going to be a difficult path for them, but they, they've they've kind of surprised me into performing pretty well. Yeah, I think they've improved quite a bit. I think, uh, you know, I still think Baltimore and Cleveland are better. I think that uh, because I think they have deeper rosters. My guess is I think the Bengals are a year yeah. away. I think if Joe Burrow continues to progress the way he has from year one to year two, if he keeps doing that in year three, then I think the Bengals are on to something. And another offseason with uh, the draft and free agency will allow them to build a deeper roster, one that can contend more with the Ravens and the Browns. 
Let me ask you a real quick one last thing about the Titans. Would you say that the team right now is more comparable to last year's team or like to the AFC championship team? Because I felt like the AFC championship team really kind of in the playoffs got to where they were able to let Ryan Tannehill throw the football around and be, you know, kind of be a, a dynamic team in a sense when they were making that run. As far as level of play right now, are they like really away from that championship or is this still a pretty comparable team from last year? Well, I think they hope to build on what they did last year. Uh, I think offensively, they have the potential to be much better than the uh, 2019 team that reached the AFC Championship. But in one way that they kind of compare to the 2019 is that team only went nine and seven. You know, that was a wild card team that was the lowest seed entering the playoffs. They really didn't find their stride until about the last month or six weeks right. of the season. And I think that that may be something that this Titans team has in common with that with that Titans team in that because of all the injuries, I think they're still trying to find themselves and find who fits what role and, you know, get everybody on the same page. So it may be rough sledding for a few weeks, but I do think that at some point this season, if the Titans can get – bodies back and get people relatively healthy i think that this team is one that uh, could be dangerous come playoff yeah i mean time. i agree i do i do really feel like this is a dangerous team when this is all said and done when it comes playoff time and they're hanging around the mix and they've been able to develop a rhythm with julio and aj and actually get Tannehill in a mix where he can have those guys around all the time so we're getting up closer to the end of it Terry. i really want to tell you thank you so much for coming on and spending some time with me i know you're a busy guy you're hanging out on the sideline all the time doing your thing and doing your shows you're on tv you're everywhere else, so I really appreciate it. Um, we got to chat up a really cool charity today, too. Uh, so I thank you for highlighting them. Uh, that's very awesome of you. And uh, is there any anything you'd like to shout out right here before we uh, kind of close out of this? Well, you know, just, uh, you know, good luck to the Bills, uh, you know, the rest of the way. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a yeah, fun I'm just game. Hoping for, that's really what I'm hoping for. I just want to see a good football game. You know, like last Sunday night football is just so much fun to watch. I, you know, I like seeing the slugfest. I like seeing guys make awesome plays. You know, it's fun to see a battle. So it'll be a lot of fun to see that happen. So, of course, everybody, uh, you guys can – thanks for being here again. Obviously, we wouldn't have a show if there wasn't people listening in and, you know, following and everything like that. So I thank you guys so much for, you know, following along. And make sure you uh, follow Terry, too, even though he's he's an AFC guy. It's good to know about what's going on around the league, you know, for who we're going to be playing and what things are going to look like down the road. But, of course, you guys can find everything that I'm up to over at thebuffalonerd.com. And make sure you guys are heading over to Buffalo Lowdown. That's buffalowdown.com. So Buffalo Nerd is now the official podcast over there uh, presented by Fansided. So thank you so much, Terry, for coming on. And, of course, go Bills. You just listen to the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Leg out!